Hey, friend, I don't know if you know this, but I have a new book coming out on March 5th. It's called Protect Your Peace, Non-Unapologetic Principles to Thrive in a Chaotic World. And I would love your support by pre-ordering my book. Go to TrentSheldon.com slash book. Why pre-order? Because as an author, it helps me. Get on more TV shows. The book gets in more stores. And for you, you get a whole bunch of cool free stuff that will go away soon if you don't pre-order. So go pre-order the book. Get the book. This book is going to change the world. Let's get it. What's up, rehabbers across the world? Welcome to Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Throughout my career, from the NFL to sold-out stages speaking to thousands, I built up a toolkit to break through negative mindsets, let go of what's holding you back, and start rehabbing your life. And every show is going to be jam-packed with tips, tricks, and tools to push you forward. I'm always going to be real with you and give you the 100% truth, even when it's going to pierce your heart. This is me, Trent Shelton, straight up. Welcome to the divided states of America, the place where most Americans only care about the America that benefits them, that looks like them, believes like them. The land we say we stand for what's right. But let's be real. If it doesn't benefit us, then most of us won't stand for what's right. You see, we criticize before we empathize. We post opinions before we say condolences. Sexism, racism, classism is still alive, and that's exactly what these times are showing us. Divided we stand, together we fall. Instead of trying to justify injustice, understand injustice of any kind is the biggest threat to us all. Oh, God bless America. And what it seems sometimes like an oh, God bless America. I just wish we judge less America so we wouldn't be a mess, dear America. I just wish we fought as hard to understand each other as we do to prove ourselves right. I just wish we put the same energy for real change as we do for social media hype. It should be love over likes. Because if we really love the stars and stripes, we would help our fellow citizens because it's right. Not let our decisions be controlled by stereotypes. It shouldn't matter if they're brown, black, or white. It shouldn't matter if they represent left or right. What should matter if it's wrong or if it's right? Supposed to be the home of the brave and land of the free. Let's be real. How free are you when you get black ball for taking a knee? They want to control what you say in the land of freedom of speech. You see, most will say they love this country and then show no love to the soldier with PTSD. And I want you to understand I'm not pointing fingers because I know the change starts with you and me. I just wish we put the same effort to help each other as we do to disagree. Just imagine if we took the time to really feel each other's pain. Then maybe we'll realize that hate doesn't create any change. Just imagine if we taught self-worth in school. Then maybe... We would have less kids growing up trying to build their life with broken tools. Just imagine if we had a leader that didn't create separation. We can't say we're indivisible when it's visible that we're more divided as a nation. You see, if I was a politician, my policy would start with love. We're supposed to be one nation under God, but it seems like we put ourselves up above. Understand, there's no community without unity. I think we all can agree that's true. And if you want to be united as one, like I always tell you, it all starts with you. I wrote that spoken word in 2016 and everybody in 2016 didn't get it. But now I feel like more than ever, 
those words speak to what we're going through. And today, I just want to come from the heart, like I always do, but I want you to have an open mind as you listen to this today. You know, a lot of my white friends have hit me up and said, Trent, what can I do? You know, I'm afraid to speak out. I'm a, I just don't know what to do. So I say, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast and talk about what you can do, bare minimum, where you can help create some change in this world because we can't keep ignoring reality, guys. This is the truth. And I don't know if you're scared to say something. I don't know if it's you don't want to say something. I don't know if it's outside your comfort zone. You're afraid to be criticized. But we can't keep preaching fearlessness. We can't keep preaching stepping up if we're operating in fear. We got to put ourselves aside because if we really want to create change, it's bigger than you and me. I had to look myself in the mirror and ask myself, what are some things I got to put aside? What are some things I'm willing to sacrifice? And I want to sacrifice a lot. I want to sacrifice even me being right in order to actually get it right. That's what we need in this world. And so I'm going to talk through a few things. But I want to first say this. This has to be real for you. It's going to take more than just posting on social media, which is great, by the way. I don't want to condemn anybody that's listening to this and make you feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough because I just post on social media. That creates awareness. But if you're going to post it, understand you're going to have to live it. You're going to have to show up when it's not popular. Because as this cycle goes, we've been in this cycle before, and hopefully this is different. But it's going to be a lot of media coverage. Everybody's paying attention to it. And then we're going to forget about it. And then the next thing is going to happen. We got to stop being reactive and being proactive. And so you have to look at your life right now. You have to look at yourself right now and ask yourself this question. What can I do to make this world a better place? What could I do to bring unity? What could I do to stand up for what's right? Because there's certain things in the world that we can't control. People say the system is broken. No, the system is not broken. The system is operating the way it was supposed to operate. But we can't expect to change a system if we can't change ourselves. We can't expect to change a system if we can't even change our houses, our homes. We can't expect to change a system if we can't change our communities. So it starts with you. And so I'm going to share some things today that might make you uncomfortable. I know I did the bonus episode and that was just pure emotion. And I'm just trying, never in my life, I want y'all to understand this, never in my life have I been at a loss of words trying to figure things out. But it's so deep and I don't have all the answers, by the way. I don't. There's people who live, breathe, right? They're activists. And I believe, I've put out videos, I've talked about certain things. I don't have all the answers, but I'm here today to open your mind up. I'm here today to give you some ideas because that's where it starts. You know, I came across a video in 2016, and you might have seen me post on my Instagram, and it broke my heart. It was July 7, 2016. I know the date because that's the day Maya was born. I was in the hospital, and a lot of things were going on in Dallas. Police officers were getting shot. I forgot who had got shot by the cops while we were protesting. I don't know. I forgot because it happened so much that you almost become immune to it. But I remember making this live and I posted it. And literally what breaks my heart is that I could have took the live from 2016 and posted it today in 2020 and you guys wouldn't have knew that I made that in 2016. Though things have changed, I don't want to be ignorant to that. Not enough has changed. 
I know a lot of us listening to this are wishing for change. We're praying for change. And I'm never going to tell you to stop doing that because I wish I pray for it. But I know the reality of the fact is after I pray, after I wish, I have to put in the work to be the change. We can't hope for a change that we're not willing to become. So I want you to look at yourself in the mirror hard tonight or today. And you maybe you ask yourself this question because, listen, I know there's a lot of positive pressure. And I say positive pressure because it's pressure now for people to not stay silent. Earlier this week or last week, people were staying silent because they were afraid to speak out because of the backlash that came with it. Now, people are afraid to stay silent because of the backlash that comes with it. And I just want to tell you, make sure it's real for you. Make sure it's real for you. And it's not about social media. It's about what you do when you get off of social media. It's about the conversations that you have. It's about what I'm about to break down to you in a second. We can't just be focused on that, but it has to be real for you because when you speak out, when you're saying you're standing with the black community, when my friends hit me up and say, Trent, I'm standing with you, just like they would expect me to stand for them in their situations, which I will do. I will lay down my life for my friends. I will lay down my life for what's right. Just know you're going to have to, you're going to be held accountable. So if it's not real for you, don't do it because you're afraid of what people are going to say. Live your truth. And I pray that your truth is for equality. I pray that your truth is for change. You know, just some stories and I'm just sharing guys. I don't have no like format today. I'm just sharing from the heart. So we're going to be all over the place. I will t- talk about four things I think you can do immediately that will help you if you don't know what to do in these times. But I want, I want to just give you all some insights, some stories that I've never told before in my life. Because a lot of us, you know, have, we think that just because we don't experience racism, it doesn't exist. You know, a lot of my white friends that I've, I've had conversations with over these days, I have multiple conversations with, they don't even understand it because they never experienced it. I had one of my friends hit me up and we talked back and forth like, Trent, I get that, but I don't, I don't understand it because I've never experienced it. And then he called me last night telling me, Trent, I apologize because I just experienced what you went through. It was four black guys that were looking at me and I just can imagine how you felt your whole entire life. And this isn't a sympathy-like message. I don't want you to be sympathized for me, right? This is not a sympathy message. This is just a real message. This is just truth. In my life, and I want to share some things with you that I've never shared before. Things that are still planted and rooted in me. But I didn't let the experiences of one or some become how I judge everybody. Okay, we have to not judge people by the color of their skin. We have to judge people by the character of their heart. Hold people accountable, not by the color of their skin, but the character of their heart. And to just tell you how I check myself, because I want to talk a lot about this. I want to talk a lot about how I had to face my reality and I had to see myself as a part of the problem. So a lot of you know that follow me, you know I had a shirt that everybody loved. Three years ago, two year, probably three years ago, I put out a shirt called Colorblind. Really great design, really great message. I had my first spoken word called Colorblind. Go look it up. And black people, white people, lizards, anybody bought that shirt. It was my best-selling shirt by far. By far, not even close, I took it down. To this day, people ask me to put that shirt back up. People ask, why'd you take it down? And I'll tell you the reason why I took it down. And I'm not afraid to look in the mirror and say, Trent, there's a bigger picture. Even though you mean well, there's a bigger picture. 
And that's how we got to look at this. There's a bigger picture. Even though your heart means well, there's a bigger picture. And so the bigger picture was this. I believe in judging people by their character. So when I say I'm colorblind, it's not that I don't see your color. I see your character. I'm always saying character over color, right? Doesn't mean your color is not important because we should honor people's color, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But I made, I made the video. I made the shirt. I took it down because somebody hit me up and said, Trent, multiple people hit me up actually and said, Trent, I understand what you're saying with that, but just understand you're telling people not to see someone's color, not to honor them. We shouldn't be colorblind. We should actually see someone's color, make them feel comfortable in their color, uplift them in their color, celebrate their color with them. And I say, you know what? You're right. And that shirt never came out again. I was willing to lose financially. I was willing to lose popularity with that shirt. I was willing to lose what I liked with that shirt to do what I felt was right for the majority. And so the question I want to ask you, because some of us have to do a deep soul search in our lives and ask how are we contributing to this problem? Because you might say, well, Trent, we should be colorblind. And I get your heart. I understand your heart. But like me, I had to wake up and say, no, I want to see someone's color. I want to see their struggle. Because if we don't see their color, if we don't see their struggle, if we don't honor what they've been through, how can we ever, how can we ever understand and have empathy for those people, for that person? So a few things that's happened to me in my life that I want to talk about real quick. This just happened with racism. I know this is a touchy subject. Some people don't want to hear this, but we got to face the truth. We got to stop running from reality. We can't run from reality and expect to change reality. We got to stop turning our cheek to negativity and expecting positive change. It's not going to happen. We have to face it. It is right here on our front doorstep. And I said in that video in 2016, if we don't face these things we need to face, eventually it will be right here on our front doorstep, and it's here. It's affecting all of our lives. We cannot run from it, and we shouldn't run from it anymore. We should take this time and create something beautiful from this, which is happening, by the way, which I see. Conversations, arguments, disagreements, respectful. All these things are happening. And if we get through this, then guess what? Something beautiful was created because of disaster. But we all have to do our part. And so two things that happened to me in my life I want to share. Because I know a lot of you look up to me. A lot of you um, love me, support me. And I want to share just some things that I've been through in my life that's traumatized me. So growing up, I lived in a city in Louisiana. And my dad, we moved from Arkansas. My dad moved us to this neighborhood. This neighborhood was predominantly white. My dad moved us there. He liked the school. You know, it was a house. Uh, you know, there was black people in the neighborhood. A few Saints players lived in the neighborhood. My dad was proud, right? He got his house, and my dad came from nine kids <laughs> from Little Rock, Arkansas. So you can imagine the honor he had with bringing his family to this beautiful house. And um, what's crazy is that, and we know this is true because the realtor told us this, is that people in the neighborhood, oh, man, I'm about to get emotional talking about this. Because I just can't see how people can have this much hatred. But people in the neighborhood band together, a few people in the neighborhood, I'm not going to say everybody, because there's a lot of great people there, band together, put money together to try to, I'm going to just say purchase the house, to try to make a better offer on the house so we wouldn't move into the neighborhood, so we can stay out of that neighborhood. And in that neighborhood, I experienced a lot of racism. 
from playing on the teams where clearly I was the best player, but not getting the best fair treatment by getting cut from certain teams because they were all white teams and a black kid on that team, they weren't used to that. And I really had to fight for it to get the respect, to get the, I wouldn't even call it respect, but I guess I was so good at that time they couldn't ignore it. Another situation that happened to me growing up, dealing with racism, I was in third grade. I went to a private school. And this private school, you know, my dad put us there. They gave us scholarships. Great school for academics. Great for sports. My dad put us there. And I was in third grade, man. Third freaking grade. And I had this teacher. For some reason, I don't know if it's the experiences that she had with people of color in her life. I don't know if she was traumatized at some point. I don't know if it was learned. Because obviously we're not born to hate. We're not, and while we're on that, none of us are born to hate. We, are, we, we learn hate. We're taught hate. And as parents, that's why it's so important right now to do your part in really talking about this with your kids. Because we learn these things. We're not taught these things. I've never met a baby yet that came out the wound hating somebody else. But this teacher in third grade, whatever her experiences were, she didn't like me. Not because I was a bad student. Not because I was a disruptive student. She didn't like me because I was a black student. And two situations happened with this teacher. The first situation that happened with this teacher was I did a Martin Luther King speech, right? We had to pick people in history, and I picked Martin Luther King. And I turned in my paper. I did the speech, and I got, and it's funny now that I'm a public speaker now. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But I did the speech, and I got an F. She failed me. thought I did a great job. The funny part about it was my dad went to her and said, hey, why did you fail my son? And she said, well, he didn't follow directions in his speech. And my dad kind of giggled. You know, like, I know my dad's giggle when he's about, to, he's about to go off. It's like that, ha-ha, okay, I got you. <laughs> my dad said, well, that's ironic because I actually wrote that speech for Trent, and I made sure I followed that speech, and I did it because I knew that you were going to be unfair to my son. She couldn't say nothing. We were cool with the principal, the dean, I think they call him, and she had to change that grade. Another situation that happened that next year, or that same year, same teacher. So there was a play, and the play was The Wizard of Oz, and I tried out for the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, and those were my picks. And she said, I don't think you're capable of being the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, but I know something that you can be that you would be great at. And this pisses me off just to talk about this right now, because at that age, I didn't understand what she was doing. But she says, you would be great being the king of the monkeys. The king of the freaking monkeys, man. And, you know, I did it. I was happy because I was a part of the play. I didn't understand it. But now I look back and realize what she was doing. And I had the opportunity to live the rest of my life hating white people once I realized that. I had the opportunity to live the rest of my life that's saying, like, all white people are the same. But I'm not that ignorant. I'm not going to judge all people for the mistakes of one or some. And maybe you listen to this right now. Maybe you've done that without even knowing. Maybe you had a bad experience with a black man or a black woman. And you judged everybody like that. You know, maybe you were calling everybody a thug because of the way they look, because maybe something happened to you. Maybe a thug robbed you. So everybody who looks like that is a thug. 
It's not fair. We got to get to know people's hearts. We have to. Because that's the only way that we're going to really make this change and really come together. And to everybody right now that's in a place of confusion, don't know what to say, don't know what to do, don't know what to speak out, you got to have that conversation with yourself. Is that really the truth? Are you just scared to speak out because maybe your friends and maybe your community might say something? Maybe you might lose something. If you're not willing to lose something in your life to stand up for what's right, what you living for, man? Like, what you living for? What you doing it for? Like, seriously, because I'm tired of people having platforms. I'm tired of people talking about, you know, what they believe in. And they stand up for what's right. And then they don't stand up for what's right. It's time for you to stand up for what's right, even in the midst of inconvenience, even in the midst of, you know, uncertainty, even in the midst of being ridiculed, even in the midst of being outcast from your own community or from your own circle. It's time for us to really do a deep dive on our own lives and see how we are contributing to the problem. Every single one of you listen to this podcast, because I promise you, whether it's silence, whether it's judgment, whether it's even the smallest things, we're contributing to the problem. So four things that you can do, okay? And I'm a, almost in this podcast because we're 20 minutes in. And actually, I'm not going to say when I'm going to end it because I don't know when I'm going to end this podcast. But I want to talk about some four things that you can do. For all my friends that have hit me up, my white friends especially, that has hit me up and said, Trent, I don't know what to say. I don't want to do I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to do this. First of all, stop walking on eggshells. If you speak the truth, if you speak for what's right, you stand up for what's right, forget who you offend. If you're not speaking to divide people, you're speaking to bring people together, Forget who you offend because those that you offend aren't in it to build unity anyway. Okay? You have to be willing to risk that to stand up for what's right. You have to be. Martin Luther King died standing up for what's right. So many people have given their lives standing up for what's right. You have to be willing to sacrifice that. And if you're not, that's okay too. But don't go on social media posting Black Lives Matter, posting, you know, justice for all if you're not willing to do that. Don't, you know, post me and say, I, I represent Trent. Trent is my black friend or I have black friends. If you're not willing to really stand up for it, don't do that. And it's okay if you're not willing to stand up for it. But to my people that are, to my people that say, you know, I'm standing up for you because I know you would do the same for me. That's what life is about. Four things you can do. Okay. Number one, to my friends that say they don't know what to do. You have to understand. You have to be willing to understand. You have to be willing to let down your perspective. And this takes a lot of courage, my friends, because we're, we live in a world where we want to be right all the time. It's just a natural human thing. You have to be willing to let down your perspective of life so you can experience the, the world through someone else's lenses because your perspective of life isn't someone else's perspective of life. If you're a white woman or white man, listen to this. I can promise you and guarantee your perspective of life is not the same as a black man. It's not the same as my perspective of life in totality. You have to open your mind, okay? You have to stop saying, well, I've never experienced it. Well, I don't see it. You have to stop saying that and open your mind. Closed minds will never create any change because they think no change needs to be created. So if you're listening to this right now, as I told you in the bonus podcast, and you think no change needs to be created because... Your life hasn't been affected because you never experienced it. Then you're contributing to the problem. You have to pop that bubble of privilege that you're living in. <laughs> we, you have to pop that bubble of privilege that you are living in and have been living in. Pop that bubble of comfort that you've been living in. Pop it. 
Because if you stay in that bubble, you're never going to understand the struggle. You're never going to understand equality. You're never going to understand those that don't have privilege. Okay, so you have to be willing to understand that there's some things that you don't know. There's some things that you haven't experienced it. There's some things that you haven't went through. And just because you haven't went through it doesn't mean that it does not exist. You have to know that you don't know what you don't know. So you have to be hungry. You have to be hungry to know. I've had people reach out to me on phone calls that are hungry to understand. Like, Trent, I want to understand. I want to feel it. So number one is understanding. Number two, you have to educate yourself. And there's so many ways to educate yourself. I I don't even want to tell you what to watch or read. I want you to go on this journey to educate yourself. I will say this. A great movie to watch is The Hate You Give with your kids, with your family. Read the book, but watch the movie too. You have to educate yourself. You know why? Because it's easier to empathize with someone's path when you understand the reasons for their journey. So when you understand truly of why protests are happening, whether you think it's wrong or right, do I agree with looting? Absolutely not. But let's be real. It's not the protesters that are looting. It's just like the great saying, I forgot who said, I don't know, it's Warren Buffett, that money doesn't change people, it exposes who they are. This time is just exposing who people are. If people are thieves, they're going to be thieves. If people are looters, they're going to be looters. But there's a lot of peaceful protests that are happening in this world. There's a lot of peaceful protests that have been happening in this world that have been ignored. And so now people are tired of asking. And so even though you don't agree with it, you understand it. You understand the reason for someone's journey. Because you now have empathized with their path and what they have been through. It's easy to understand someone's actions when you know the reason for their pain. When you feel someone's pain, you know the reasons for their actions. When someone's been hurt and they're crying and they're they're angry and you felt their pain, you know their pain, you know what what they went through, it's so much easier to understand their actions, whether you agree with their actions or not. And I think we have to remove ourselves from like agreeing because there's too many people debating. Oh, this is wrong. This is right. No, this is what's going on. This is the truth of the matter. We can't keep being blind to the things that we blatantly see. Educate yourself. Have the hard conversations so you can try to feel what they feel. Have the hard conversations. Reach out to a black friend. Have the hard conversation. Reach out to a black stranger. Feel their pain. Because if you're not doing that, you will never educate yourself. You will never understand the best way to educate yourself. I'm telling you right now, it's not just social media. It's not just books. It's not just movies. Those things are great. But the best education is through someone's experience. Have the hard conversations. You can try to feel what they feel, see what they see, hurt like they hurt, hear what they hear. So you can try to understand the reasons why they do what they do. I challenge every single one of you to put yourself in their shoes. Go put yourself in their environment. Some of us listening to this, we've never been to the inner city. We've never experienced the inner city. Whether we are scared to go there, we just never thought to go there. Maybe you go spend some time. Be careful. But maybe you go spend some time in the inner city. Because if you go there with respect and love, maybe you go volunteer your time to boys and girls clubs in the inner city. Maybe you go speak to schools. Talk to the kids. Maybe go volunteer at homeless shelters, whatever. Anytime that I wanted to really empathize with people, you know what I did? I put myself in their shoes. Because if you don't put yourself in their shoes, you're never going to feel what they feel and understand what they are currently going through. So I challenge you to get out your bubble 
out the suburbs and get into the inner city. I challenge you to make yourself uncomfortable because then you'll start to feel like what most black people feel like when they encounter police officers. You know how much uncomfortableness that I've been in in this industry of personal development that's 95% white? Most speakers aren't black in this industry. Let's call it what it is. It's true. And I know some of you might now be like, "Uh uh-oh, like I don't want to talk about this. That's a problem in itself. We can't keep ignoring the reality. We can't keep ignoring how this structure is set up, how privilege is set up. But in this space, like I am the minority of the minorities. And you know what's crazy is that for so long in this space, and I want to share this with you, I want you to understand my journey in this because I never talk about this. I kind of sugarcoat a little bit with it on stage a little bit. But I want to be real and honest with you right now. I have been very uncomfortable in this space. I felt like an outcast in this space. You know why? Because when I look in the audience, I don't see me. I don't. And maybe that's because of interests or maybe that's because of what's being sold, right? Or how the system is set up. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But it warms my heart when I get off a stage and somebody says, Trent, I needed to see you because I haven't seen you. I haven't seen me. I needed to see you because I see me and you. You give me hope because I've, I can't relate. I can't relate because I've never seen a person that looks like me, believes like me, or it's urban like me. Even white people have told me this. I've never seen a person like you in this space. And it encouraged me just your presence of being here, just you stepping into the space where you know that you're the outcast. And I'm okay with that. And I want to tell you right now, like, I don't want, you know, sympathy from this. You know, I don't want, I don't want sympathy opportunity, but I want fair opportunity. I want people to bring me on stage and, and all this stuff because they want diversity. I don't want that. I want you to bring me on stage because I'm a beast, period. But I had to fight for it for so long because people would tell me, and I know this is true because I had conversations with CEOs. People would tell me that, Trent, you're not professional enough. And that's a nice way to say, you're a little bit too edgy, bro. You're not professional enough. You know, you're not safe. And so I talked to the CEO. I asked him, I asked a lot of people, they bring me to speak. Hey, why did you choose me? I talked to the CEO. He said, it's a no-brainer, bro. Like, you're one of the best speakers in the world when it comes to connecting with people. When it comes to being real and sharing your heart, you're one of the best speakers in the world. He said, but I'll tell you something. He said, I brought you in because I know my audience needed to see something that was real, raw, and authentic. I wanted my audience to be comfortable in their own skin, and I can't expect my my team or my company to be comfortable in their own skin if they don't see people that really demonstrate that, and you really demonstrate that in a place that is so professional, in a world that's so, you know, fluffy, you bring real, raw honesty and transparency to this space. And I said, man, do you feel like I need to change who I am to get more opportunity? He said, if you change who you are, you probably will get opportunity, but I tell you, you better not change who you are because you know why? You're needed in this, in this space. He said, but I'll tell you why a lot of CEOs, this is when I was first starting, won't bring you in, will not bring you in because you're not the safe speaker, Trent. You're talented, but you're not safe. I said, what do you mean? Well, you're not the suit and tie black guy. You're not the proper talking black guy that makes the environment safe. 
He said, I, I don't want to say you're, you're, you're unsafe or you're going to cause harm, nothing like that. But you're so raw and real and you talk just how you talk. Sometimes slang, you don't care. He says a lot of, a lot of businesses, they want what they know is safe. And when I heard the message that day from that, from that CEO, I promised myself that I would continue to be who I am. And I know that there's a lot of unfairness. And I don't want to make this about me. Again, I don't want sympathy because I was able to build a platform where I don't need much of anybody, right? We have rehabbers across the world that support me that if you come to my events, you're going to see diversity. You're going to see diversity with class. You're going to see different classes, rich, poor, whatever in there. You're going to see different races. You know why? Because that's who I am. I have different races of friends. I have, I hate, I don't put myself, I don't define myself by anything except, except what's true to me, except love, except support. I won't, I won't turn off supporting you because of how you look or because of how much money you make. Now nah, come be a part of this. I give away free tickets. I do all of these things. And the reason I do that is because it represents who I am. So a lot of us listen to this, we might have to do a, a deep reflection. If we do a deep reflection in our businesses, because let's be real. Let's speak facts. And some people might not like this, but I don't care. Some of our businesses are set up, right, to keep out minorities and to keep out the less fortunate. Let's speak facts. Some of it is. And if it is, you need to do a deep dive. You need to do some soul searching because if it's like that, then, my friend, you are a part of the problem. Everybody can't afford a $80,000 course. Everybody can't afford, you know, to be a part of a mastermind. Everybody can't afford those things. And so if we're, if we're putting barriers up to keep certain people out, and I understand certain things. I know people are going to come back with me and say, Trent, but we have tears and all this stuff, and I get that. And I'm not telling anybody how they run their business, how to run their company, because I don't know what people do behind closed doors anyway. But I see this in this space. That is so much separation. It's so many people that need the help, but they're not getting the help. And so I hope in this moment, you're starting to realize like, I might be keeping a lot of people out. And if you are, you know, make the changes necessary. Make the changes necessary. So when I say educate yourself, educate yourself in that. If you look at your team and you see all white people and you don't have any minorities, and I'm not talking about having the one minority to say, oh, I have diversity. I'm talking about, and I'm not saying you have to have tons of minorities, but if you look around the table and you see no mixture, no blend, you might want to do just some deep work on yourself. You might want to just explore that. If you look at your team and your employees and it's not a lot of diversity. And again, I, maybe it can be interest. Sometimes people aren't interested in being a part of it. I get it. What you're around, I understand that too. But we have to educate ourselves. Drive around the inner cities. Drive around the hoods. Get out and talk to people. Because you know what you can do in doing that is breaking the stereotype for them. Because some black people don't like white people. You know why? Because of experiences they have with white people. But you can be the white person that's dope and be like, dang, like this white person was dope. This white person helped me. And you can change the whole stereotype for them moving forward. Just like I did with so many people that are my white friends that looked at me a certain way. I refuse 
to stay the stereotype that America tries to put on me. I break it every single time. I break that stereotype every single time. So you got to do the same thing. You got to be willing to do those things to break the stereotype if you want to create change. Okay, the third thing that I would tell you to do is reflect. So after you educate yourself, reflect. And I've already talked about this with people's businesses, with people's lives, with your circles, reflect. Because if you can't see yourself for contributing to the problem, then you will never understand the power you have with contributing to the solutions. Hello. And I'll repeat that. I want y'all to quote this and put it everywhere. If you can't see yourself for contributing to the problem, then you will never understand the power you have with contributing to the solutions. This is something something I, I told myself in this moment. I said, well, Trent, how are you contributing to the problem? What are you doing? What are you not doing? How can you do more? How can you serve? How can you give your platform? How can you speak more? And once I answer those questions, you know what? I found powerful solutions. So do some work on yourself and reflect and be honest because if you can't be honest with yourself, we're not going to create any change anyway. The last thing I would tell you to do, it is simple, is act. After you reflect, act. Do something. It should be more than just something on social media. It should be more than just donating money. It should be more than all those things are great, all those things are necessary. But I'm going to tell you to get down in the trenches, getting down, as we like to say, in the mud, getting your hands a little dirty, and really helping those that really need the help. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take maybe the acting is you checking your circle, calling out BS. Maybe that's the action. Maybe it's you not being involved in a company or organization that doesn't reflect the change that you wish to see. Maybe that's the action. I can't tell you what action to take. Only you can, only you know the actions that you have to take to make this world a better place. Maybe it's a conversation you have with your family, right? I don't know. And I'm not here to tell you what actions to take. Maybe you take all of those actions. Maybe you donate, spend time, everything. But I tell you this, I think the most powerful thing every single one of us can do is to spend time with the opposite race. Is to spend time educating ourselves and understanding their experiences. Is to spend time giving back. Because a lot of us will sit there and we'll give back to everybody else except the people in our inner cities. We'll give back to Haiti and all those places. And I agree with it because everybody needs help. I'm not saying don't do it. But don't look to the world to give help, just to the world to give help. When you can be given help right in your own city. When you can be given help right there, right in front of your face. The help that's needed. So as I wrap up this episode, man... (laughs) I know I was all over the place, but this was therapy for me. And I wanted to just speak out and just give you some simple stuff that you could do because my inbox is flooded with people asking, what can I do? How can I do? How can I support you? Listen, I don't really need the support like that, right? I think it's less about supporting the black community. Uh, What what I mean by that, I don't mean like the sympathy. I don't think we need the sympathy. What we need is for you to wake up the white community, for you to realize that, you know, voting, for you to realize you know, and, and, and tell people and, 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 and break down these structures of power, break down these barriers, because only way things are going to change. And that's why I said I don't think it's about helping the black community, right? Like that, like in the way of posting something on social media, which is great. We love that. We need that. We need that validation to know you guys are riding with us. But what we need is some action. What we need is the majority standing up for the minority. And we need it to not just happen when it's popular, not just happen when it's trending, to really put in that work. 
And you don't have to be an all-time activist. You don't have to dedicate your whole life to it. But just make the changes necessary. And even the smallest change, whether it's changing the mindset of your kids and, and, and implementing love and building love in their hearts to see people for their character, to honor people's color, that's enough in itself. Because I don't know if we ever will get to the place of change. I hope for it. I'm darn sure going to try for it. But I know if we can really change the mindset of our children and raise our children in love and raise our children to understand that just because you have a bad experiences with some or one doesn't mean that all are like this. If we can implement that in our kids' heart, I think we can further equality. I think we can make this world more of unity because you can't have community without unity. So I want to tell you to check your heart because if you want to see change, not nowhere else, but with you is where it starts. Yes, you. You can't type about a change that you're not willing to live and to be real. You can't preach a respect that you're not willing to give. So be what you wish to see because you can't live drama, negativity in your everyday life and expect to see world peace. We can't change the world without changing our homes. And the change, to be real with you, isn't going to come by just typing opinions through a phone. Do we really want to heal life? Or do we just do it for the social media likes? Are we really concerned about real life? Are we more concerned about going viral overnight? So before you press send, think about what you're sending. And if you really want to change, try to live it daily. Not just when it's trending. Not just when it's popular. Stand up when it's rare. And it shouldn't take a hashtag or a headline to make you want to care. It should already be there. Unleash that love in your soul. You can make a difference. You are worth something. Don't believe the evil that your mind has been sold. I want to address one thing. All police officers aren't bad. All white people aren't bad. All black people aren't bad. But there's evil in all races. There's evil in all jobs. Evil is present. And why will we focus on evil when there's so much good, right? Why can't we just be optimistic and focus on you know, all lives matter. Why can't we focus on that? Well, let's just be truthful about that. All lives don't matter until all lives do matter. I hope we get to a day where all lives matter. But all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. If brown lives don't matter. We can't never get to that place. It's kind of like having a garden. You can have a beautiful garden. Just picture 99% of your garden is beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful flowers. Looks great. But you have 1% of your garden, a little small corner of your garden that has weeds, shrubs. Would you ignore those weeds and shrubs because the rest of your garden is beautiful? Or 
which we acknowledge those weeds and shrubs are there and dig up those weeds and shrubs. I think you would dig it up because you know if you don't dig it up, those weeds will eventually take over your garden. And even that small piece of your garden that's full of weeds is taken away from the beauty from the rest of your garden. I want you to think of this time as this. You think of this time that we're going through as that garden. Yes, there's a lot of great cops, 90%, 99%, a lot of great people. But until we can stand up against what's wrong, until we can stand up against what's evil, those bad people and the evilness is making it bad for everybody. It's time to get those weeds out. And it's time for you to stand up for what's right. I love you guys. I love everyone listening to this podcast episode. And I know this might have made you uncomfortable. I know we talked about a lot of things. But healing starts with conversations. And so I hope I gave you some insight. And if you're upset at me, I don't really care. <laughs> because I know the purpose of this was way bigger than someone's feelings about me. And I'm willing to put it all on the line for what's right. You can always count on me to do that. I promise you. I'm a soldier for love. I'm a soldier for peace. And when it's wartime, I'll be on the front lines for it. I hope you will join me. Got to the end of this episode. Let me know how you feel. Hit me up on social media. All right, but more importantly, go put in the work. The world needs you to. It all starts with you. Straight up. Hey, I want to make sure you got my phone number. Like, for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So go ahead, take out your pen and paper, take out your phone, and write this number down. My phone number is 817-242-2719. Yep, I'm going to repeat it for you. 817-242-2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number? And how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using texting. People just text you at the number, they're added to the group, and then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. Like you already know, I text out podcast links, random things about life, I text out surprises, all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it. Hey, I want to make sure you got my phone number. Like for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So go ahead, take out your pen and paper, take out your phone, and write this number down. 
My phone number is 817-242, yep, 2719. I'm repeating for you. 817-242-2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number and how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using texting. People just text you at the number, they're added to the group, and then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. Like you already know, I text out podcast links, random things about life, I text out surprises, all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you. And guess what? Now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number. Not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go to check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it.